You are listening to the Struggling Beautifully podcast. Don't forget, whatever stage of life you're walking through or sometimes stumbling, it's important to look above and anchor yourself to the one who controls it all. The best part of life is finding your people, people who walk with you through the fire. That's what we're here for. Daily inspiration, burning questions answered, and how to always look above. I'm Brooke. And I'm Peyton. And we are Struggling Beautifully. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Struggling Beautifully podcast. Um, today we are going to be doing something a little bit different. We just finished our first series, the burning question series, and we have decided that it'd be smarter to start the relationship series later down the road. That way we can prepare for it, um, and make sure that the Lord is speaking through it and is not us just coming up with something as fast as we possibly can. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to be going into like our normal type podcast. Um, and we haven't really done that yet. So I was just going to give you a little rundown of how we are basically going to go into these, um, this podcast down the road without like a specific series. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, basically what it is, is like throughout our week, we're staying in our word. And as God like reveals to us, um, different scriptures or topics to talk about, um, through prayer and just being in our word, something that just stands out to us throughout the week, me and Brooke are probably going to be texting about it. And then we're going to decide on what we are going to be talking about for that week. That way the Lord is speaking through this podcast. Um, and we're able to have more of a conversation rather than just like something set in stone planned. Um, that's just how our podcast is going to be going. Um, from here on until we start our next series. Um, so, Brooke, do you want to introduce the um, the thing that sort yeah. of stood out to us this week? Yeah. So, Peyton texted me um, this week and found something that really drew her attention um, within her reading this week, and it's in Jeremiah, um, Jeremiah ten twenty three, just part of Jeremiah's prayer. And I'm going to read it to you, but I kind of want to give you a little bit of background. If you don't know about Jeremiah, um, and you know, the blueprint and the layout, Jeremiah's prayer comes after the talk of God and idols, um, which is huge. And that's something that we can talk about later as well, because I feel like we all have had idols or idol something that's not God. But then um, he also started talking about the coming destruction. Um, And so it kind of set up for his prayer that he was praying for the nation. And so Jeremiah's prayer starts with the verse that Peyton, um, it stood out to Peyton this week. And it says, Lord, I know that people's lives are not their own. It is not for them to direct their steps. Um, So that's the verse, but I'm going to go ahead and read on the rest of Jeremiah's prayer, just so you have context and we're not just pulling one verse to talk about. Um, But it says, discipline me, Lord, but only in due measure, not in your anger, or you will reduce me to nothing. Pour out your wrath on the nations that do not acknowledge you, on the peoples who do not call on your name. For they have devoured Jacob, they have devoured him completely and destroyed his homeland. Um. So Peyton, do you want to go ahead and talk about why that grabbed your attention, that Jeremiah 10, 23, why it grabbed your attention? Um, so 
basically the reason why um, this struck me, my version's a little bit different on the verse 23, but it has like the same meaning. It's just, I know, O Lord, that the way of man is not in himself. That is not in man who walks to direct his steps. And this really stood out to me because so far in Jeremiah, what has been going on is like the land of Judah and the people of Judah. Um, they are not, they're not following Christ in the way that they should. And they're worshiping this like idol called Baal, B-A-A-L. Um, and so they're going around doing different things. Um, and God is like, well, I'm going to have to pour all my wrath on these people. Um, and so Jeremiah was kind of just like calling out. Um, but then it was cool to me how he like recognized that he said that the way of man is not found in himself, that it is not in man who walks to direct his steps because we had this whole podcast about purpose and how you can't find your purpose within yourself. You have to find your purpose seeking God. And I feel like that just like stemmed out of that message. And it was so cool to see the parallels, how in the beginning on the last chapter, talking about the idols, um, if I can find the verse, they were talking about how, um, oh yeah, it's in the same chapter actually. Um, so it's talking about the idols and it says how their idols are like scarecrows in a cucumber field and they cannot speak. They have to be carried for they cannot walk. Do not be afraid of them for they cannot do evil. Neither is it in them to do good. Um, and then he's talking about how there's nothing like God. So pretty much in the beginning of this, they're comparing idols who come from tarnish to God, who everything quakes at his wrath. And then also like they can't walk by themselves. Like they have to be carried, whereas God is an everlasting God. So how they were comparing idols to God in this way, it's comparing finding your way within yourself versus like calling out to God. And I just saw that like parallel. And I thought that that was cool. Um, and also like the end when it says um, it is not in man who walks to direct his steps. Um, that was the key point that related back to that for me, because we are kind of like talking about the idols, how the idols have to be carried. God is an omnipresent God. He's everywhere at once. He's eternal. He's already been where we are going. Um, and we're not there yet. We're the ones who have to take that journey who don't know eternity. We haven't been there. So when it's saying you can't look into yourself to find your way, um, and it's not in man who walks to direct his own steps. It's up to God who's already there, who doesn't have to journey um, to direct your steps. So that just like, I just think it's cool how the whole chapter paralleled, like how idols and humans, we are going to not be here forever. And we have to journey and go through things that God's already knew was going to happen for us and Brooke was talking to me and she has more about like God being an omnipresent God and an eternal God um and why we need to trust in him to direct our steps so I'll let you take that from there yeah can you hear me because it's been breaking up but can you hear me yeah I okay perfect well I gathered a lot of what Peyton did, but um, through my study, Peyton actually messaged me. I'm not in Jeremiah right now reading, but Peyton messaged me. And she was like, read this, ponder on it. It's really cool. So through my reading of it and understanding, one of the cool things that I got from it is that God's ability to direct our lives well is infinitely beyond more than what we can. Um, and that is so valuable to take into consideration. God gave us free will. He gave us the ability to make our decisions and 
to have control of our of what we're doing on a day-to-day basis but it's all what's neat about it is it all works for his will and it all works for his purpose and so when it says that um that i know the people's lives are not their own that was just so important to take in because our lives are not our own we are here to do the works and to like Peyton always reference make heaven crowded we're here to do god's work we're here to get as many people as we can to come to heaven um, and to, I mean, not even come to heaven, but like to love God and to live their life fully for God's purpose. Um, But something else I was reading through that was that um, it's interesting to see how whenever, you know, some people always ask like, well, why do you pray? God knows everything that's going on. He, He knows, you know, Christ knows all of these things. So why are we praying? Like he already knows what lays ahead in our future. So why do you pray? But what I gathered from this is that we have to be directed. He is our shepherd. We are the sheep. We have to be directed by him. And the only way that you have a relationship with someone, anyone is by spending time with them. And that's same thing goes with your relationship with Christ. Like you have to spend time in the word and you have to pray to him because that's how you connect with him. Um, And I just think that that's how you become synchronized with what God's purpose is for your life and how you can continue to grow. Um, But I have a study Bible, which I love so much. And one of the things that it said about um, Jeremiah 10, 23 through 24 was that sometimes we're afraid of God's power and God's plans because we know his power would easily crush us if he used it against us. But don't be afraid to let God correct your plans. He will give you wisdom if you are willing. Um, And that just goes to show how he's our shepherd. He's going to lead us into the path. It might not be easy and pretty and glorious. It's most likely going to be ups and downs. But because he loves us so, so much and because he wants us to have this abundant life. Yes. Whenever you hear the word wrath, you're like, oh, my gosh, here's that, that word again, like God's wrath. But the fact is, is that he he bring he brings those things into your life because he loves you so much and he wants to lead you and direct you and guide you into the life that he wants you to live. Um, And I think that it's interesting, like Peyton said, how it goes from you see both sides of, of God in this in Jeremiah's prayer, like Jeremiah's praying for the people because he knows that what God can and will do in order to get you to trust him and get you to follow him and get you to the place that he wants you to be. Mm-hmm. And I think um, it's very, so that's a little bit of a different take, but at the same time, it's pretty similar. Yeah. And I think it's also like what you're saying. It's like very important to understand that God is a merciful God, but he's also a righteous God. Mm-hmm. So therefore these people have been breaking their covenant. They have been going against God. They have been forsaking God. They think in the beginning of Jeremiah, I was reading and they were talking about how they're saved and they're safe and, you know, um, they're wise, but they're not following God. They're worshiping these idols. Um, and, and God is continuing to have mercy on them by letting them make this decision and allowing them to still be alive. He could have struck them down right where they were, but God's saying, I will bring judgment. And like all the way up until now, he's still saying, I will bring wrath. 
onto these people. Like they're going to cry and I'm not going to answer them. And he's continuously warning and warning and giving more mercy. But these people are getting accustomed to the mercy. I think we get accustomed to the mercy that God has on us. You're like, oh, we only live once. You know, we're going to live this life good. But when it comes time, we're like, I'm going to ask for forgiveness and it's fine. Yeah. And we (laughs) think that it's unfair for God to give us an eternal punishment for wronging an eternal God. And he's already warned us. He's given us his word. He has given us prayer so that we understand what he's trying to speak over our life. And he gives us easy access to know him because he died for us. And these people just continue to put that off and say, okay, we're fine. But God is a righteous God, and he has to bring this judgment to these people because they sinned, and they're not turning away from it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that kind of ties into what we talked about last week when we were together, how um, you can't live a Christ-like life without the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And if you mm-hmm. don't have the conviction of the Holy Spirit, then you have to almost question yourself why you're not having that conviction. Because you can't, you if you have a relationship with someone like for instance, mine and Peyton's relationship. If I continue and continue and continue and continue to let her down and break her heart and, you know, come running back and ask for forgiveness, there's going to come a time where that just annoying and gets old. And you're like, well, are you really, are you really changing? Or are you just going to continue living your life and not changing your ways to meet up with that, you know? And the same thing I think goes to whenever you're, whenever you become a Christian, or whenever you, you know, accept Christ into your life, then that's when you feel the conviction. And then you seriously do not like it hurts you to hurt him or to do things that, you know, would hurt him, hurt Christ, you know? And I think that that was the biggest thing that I like gathered from my, when we talked about our testimonies, yes, or not yesterday, last week, um, is that you really, the conviction is what, you know, should be there. You should feel that conviction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is the last point that I want to talk about because we are talking about God's wrath and also his mercy. And those are like two things that I think that people like to separate. Um, and it's hard to like understand how God can be a hundred percent a wrathful God and a hundred percent a merciful God. Um, and how he can be righteous and good in doing that. I think sometimes we get accustomed to our own sin and we think that we should be pardoned because that's how we all are. We think we're good enough. Um, But I feel like one thing that's kind of helped me really understand this that I kind of want to like share with you guys is like if God just forgave us all and there was no hell, because I've heard some people talk to me and they'd be like, I don't believe in hell. And this is the reason why I do believe in hell, because we all are deserving of it. And none of us deserve to go to heaven because we have all sinned. God would not be a righteous judge. No matter how big you think your sin is, it is still a sin against a perfect God. Same thing. If God would just, oh, I think she dropped. So I couldn't get Brooke back on her Wi-Fi cut out, but pretty much what I was talking about is if God was just a merciful God or just a wrathful God, uh, if God was just a wrathful God, we would all go to hell and there would be no mercy. But because God is a merciful God, some of us are forgiven and we are given a new heart. Um, 
But the reason why God can't just be 100% mercy is because then he could not be righteous and he could not be just. And then everyone, regardless of if they had a relationship with him, would be going to heaven. And so how I kind of want you to get to understand this is from the standpoint of a just judge. If a just judge just felt like he was going to have mercy on everyone, then someone who has done that to your parents or your sister or whatever it is in your life, how would that make you feel? And I think that is the morality that God has put in us to understand what justice is. Um, and that's how we know good from evil. But I think that we don't like to accept that. And that's why we kind of just think that God is 100% a loving God and we forget about God's wrath. And I think Jeremiah does a really good job at capturing how God is being merciful, but he will bring justice. Um, and that's hard to take in. But I challenge you this week to look into that. Um, if you have questions on how God can be a merciful God and a just God at the same time, um, just ponder over those questions. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what stood out to us this week. Um, next week, we'll probably bring something else new to the table. It might be in Jeremiah. It might not. It all depends. Um, so stay in prayer um, and allow God to direct your steps this week. Um, have a good one, guys.